<laughs> yes, what a start. The Roarcast is back. I'm a, so sorry I missed last week. My apologies, but I did hear it and it was great. So if you guys haven't listened to last week's, you should definitely listen to this one and then go back and listen. Um, but we're back and better with Mike and Kyle. And I was away at the beach, but we're here and we're ready to interview Katie and check out some field hockey updates and news and... Yeah, Kyle's wearing glasses today. We I don't am. know why. I am secrets. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into that in a minute. Ro, I was gonna say first, you look very you look like you're on vacation. Super oh, tan. You. you really look <laughs> like you were you at the beach. Yeah. You know what? I missed this weekly podcast for that confidence boost you guys give me. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Some confidence. We're here for. Yeah. Hype each other up. Well, I haven't each seen Mike's up. beard. Look at that. See, oh, yeah, you have some progress. No. no, I haven't. Looks great. Yeah, thanks. Kyle has a haircut. I do. I do. Went new on the Quarantine glow up. Yes, the (laughs) The three of us. All three of us. Different different versions of glow ups. (laughs) (laughs) We just went from pale to like more hair to tanner. We'll have to. Mike's going for the uh, playoff beard. Yeah. That's right. Aki is starting. Mike, you should just keep that beard until the quarantine's over. That's the quarantine. Uh, I'm getting I'm kind of at the point of no return. Like I kind of just yeah need to keep. You gotta keep it going. Yeah, it's impressive, Mike. Oh, Oh, surprise! She she jumped. She jumped in. She jumped in on the. (laughs) My inside the the beard talk. We are great timing. So I was I was thinking about doing a social media poll whether to trim it or let it go, but I think I think. At this point, you just got to I think the poll would be fun just to see what the comments would be. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll still do it, but I, most likely I might not listen to anybody anyway. So I'll just do it. Oh, <laughs> but, well. so like, I think so you just got to keep it going. Yeah. How long is like the actual length? So the, the last time I trimmed the beard, because I had a beard before quarantine, it just was all, right. like, you know, cropped and everything. Uh, I probably late February was the last time I've trimmed it. So we're, we're working on. Wow five months so we're getting That's to like impressive. yeah i mean a lot of people have uh, started growing beards and they quit you know joe quinlan had a great beard going and just he did. couldn't keep upset. it up i was i remember when i saw him. I was a fan was so upset yeah. <laughs> i saw him on one of our zooms and i was just like <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> it was amazing he should have kept it going i was actually a fan i was like joey yeah. this looks, like, looks good on you <laughs> I was saying in our meeting yesterday that I can't grow. I mean, I just shaved yesterday. I did have quite a lot of facial hair up until yesterday, but I get patchy on my cheeks and it just You were a awful. goatee guy for a while. I was a goatee guy. Remember we saw it in the uh, wa- women's basketball watch party? I was sitting there. Do you remember? <laughs> Meg, Meg, all of a sudden, I don't know, it was like mid first quarter and they like showed a shot of Meg and you could see me in the background and Meg's like, oh, Kyle's goatee makes it <laughs> That go-to. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> All right. Glow up. Well, why don't we take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we will actually interview our guest for this week, who who uh, hijacked our intro, Katie. But DeSantis. it's our own fault. We had technical difficulties on the That's talk, true. So. That's true. <laughs> I feel like it went very smooth. It was well, really we gotta smooth. Get, exactly how we great. wanted it to go. We got to get that ad money in, or else, you know, we won't be able to podcast anymore. So. <laughs> get our sponsors. Yeah, we'll be right back. <laughs> We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. 
At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great-tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. And we are back, joined once again by Katie DeSantis, the newest head coach at Columbia, the, uh, the latest head coach of the field hockey program. So, Katie, thanks for joining us today. Of course. Happy to be here. So let's just jump in. I mean, it's been kind of a wild, what's been a month, six weeks even since <laughs> you were, you were June officially 3rd, hired. June 3rd, I think was the official day. <laughs> yeah. June 3rd. So yeah, pushing on a month now. Uh, so, you know, obviously you have a history with Columbia starting as a student athlete here, uh, then came back as an assistant coach for the last three or four years and now uh, getting a chance to, to run the program. So talk about that, just kind of to open up, let's talk about that journey from transitioning from player to coach and how you wound up back here. Yeah, it's funny because I remember a lot of times when you're going through the search process of what school do I want to spend my four years at? Where do I want to commit to? You think you're going to find that school that's like, this is perfect for me. Like, this is my dream. And that does happen. You get this feeling of like, this is where I want to be. But when people ask like, oh, why did you choose Columbia? I'll just stare at them and be like, oh, I I don't know. So it was really interesting when I was a student athlete because there's so many reasons why I did choose it. Obviously, Columbia University is amazing education. The hockey program was exactly what I wanted, a growing program on the cusp of being um, being a really great powerhouse type of thing in the Ivy League and beyond. So it kind of like ticked all the boxes that you're looking for as a recruited student athlete. But then when people really got to the heart of things, I was like, well, there were so many things that gave me that gut feeling of like, yes, this is where I want to be. But it was hard for me to articulate until I became a coach. So it's been a really cool transition because now as a coach, I will talk to prospective student athletes and they're like, well, why, why did you choose it? And then I'll think about it because obviously I've now chosen it twice. I've chosen it as a student athlete and I've chosen it as a coach. And it's gotten me to really see why I did it back then, even though I didn't know how to articulate it. I was just like, oh, you know, it was the best, best choice for me. So when I really think about the why factor, it goes really beyond the academic piece, which is, I think, like a canned response. It's an Ivy League institution. You can't really get much better than that. And then the field hockey program, there's just so many good things we could talk about with the field hockey program, from the coaches that I was brought in by to where we have taken it so far. But the real heart of it comes to the feeling that you get when you're a part of the Columbia University community and the athletic community. I was just talking about it the other day when I was kind of talking about this journey with someone else. And we were talking about how when you're in New York City, it's the only city in the world where you really get a feeling of you can do anything. And that's what I felt when I was getting recruited. I felt like this was the place where I could do anything. And I didn't know it was because of Columbia University all put together. The fact that it's this amazing institution with an amazing field hockey program that's just on the cusp of becoming great. And then also this city that just has this beat of it that where anything is possible, you can achieve your dreams. You brought up, uh, you know, the fact that you chose Columbia twice as a student athlete and a head coach. And I can't help mm-hmm. but think since I work with the women's basketball program and Ro is on the call that uh, Megan Griffith did the same thing. And uh, uh, the men's tennis coach, whose name is escaping me, Howie, 
did the same thing, right? So have you had any conversations with with them like since you've become I know it hasn't been that long and obviously we've all been virtual, but you have have you had any conversations with any of the coaches here who were in the same situation as you? Um, not at length, but it was really cool because if it was like the day of or day after I got um, announced as the head coach, uh, Meg Griffith actually texted me saying congrats, like if I needed anything to let her know because being an alumni in, in this position is a unique experience. Obviously being a head coach is a, a unique experience, but then to be so at your alma mater is just a whole different level to the game. So it was awesome to kind of hear the support from her and to know I have someone else to chat to, uh, because that definitely is one of the coolest aspects of this is the fact that I am an alma, uh, I am at my alma mater and then I have other people here that are doing that and they are just looking to support you. So that's one of the best things and one of the things I've loved about working here ever since I got here as an assistant and have been on the professional side is everyone's just wanting to help you because everyone just wants so much for Columbia and the athletic programs. Well, I gotta, I gotta add Eileen Weintraub, also an alum. Uh, there we go. You know, you're gonna know more tennis. than this. Just don't want to forget anybody. <laughs> I was actually surprised I got more than just Meg. Yeah. Like, oh wait, no. <laughs> we haven't. See, the problem is we haven't seen these people in so long. Yeah. <laughs> got the COVID blinders on. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about when you first uh, found out that you got the head coaching position? um kind of like that whole day right like who how did you find out uh who did you tell like who are the people that reached out to you like I guess that whole week because I'm sure like random people kept reaching out to you throughout the week as they found out so yeah well the initial I cried (laughs) 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 step one most important I cried step one I cried um and I it was like a mixture cry of like relief happiness like just every emotion possible um so that was like the initial reaction to Peter's call like when he called me I really didn't know why he was calling me I'm like wow Peter Pilling's calling him this is random um and then when I found out what it was about I was like oh my god so pretty much during the call it was very brief but I was like hold it together Katie hold it together so that was the initial reaction and kind of why it was such kind of like a cathartic release of tears was just because it was such a wild ride before that um Caroline Nelson Nichols the previous head coach had left around December and it was just um kind of this interim long period of time where we didn't really have a head coach and and myself and Sam were kind of navigating the like lack of a true point leader really well as two assistants but it was still kind of like what's happening what's happening and then COVID hit and we're like wow what the heck so it was just a very long time to kind of be without that point and having your head coach named so when it was finally done it was almost like I was so happy that it that it was done and there was going to be someone but then I was like wow it's me like that's what that was a whole separate kind of excitement so it was the relief of having like a stability piece done during a time that was just so unstable but then the fact that it was me kind of took a little bit to kind of really sink in so as far as like who I kind of told and stuff like that it, it had to remain confidential for a while until the announcement right so pretty much the only people I told were, were my family <laughs> and I was like you can't tell anyone like please just like but I'm telling you don't tell anyone else you're not affiliated with anyone with Columbia and you're in Massachusetts so I trust you um but they were they were super excited and it was just it was just a surreal moment because it was something that like looking back I had this thought after my last game Mike, you might remember it was at Rutgers and we lost. And I remember just like walking off the field being like, I, I'm not done. 
like I'm just not done and I didn't know why I felt that way or or what it meant and I thought it meant I wasn't done playing field hockey and I thought it meant I was going to like maybe potentially like trap for the national team or like do some more playing abroad or something like that and then now that I kind of am here and I look back I'm like I wasn't done with Columbia like I just wasn't so when I came back as an assistant I had a similar sentiment of like oh like definitely not done and here I am as an assistant I'll I'll do my best and the head coach was still kind of like out not really in the realm of possibility for me I was like there's I don't know if it'll really happen and then when it happened I was just like wow this is I think what I meant when I thought that because it's it's the most wildest dream come true in a way um to be the head coach of your alma mater is just an amazing opportunity that I feel like every player that becomes a coach has in the back of their head but very few get the opportunity to actually do because almost all of the planets have to align. You have to be able to become a coach and then become a head coach usually to get experience. And then somehow an opening happens at your alma mater and then you get it. So, so the fact that that happened for me is just amazing. And it's something I think about every day. Honestly, the first thing I I think about when I wake up in the morning is I'm the head coach of of Columbia field hockey and it's the most amazing feeling in the world. So definitely cried out of excitement and just happiness and everything when I found out and every day is just so exciting because this isn't a job to me and everyone's like oh how do you like your job and I'm like it's I love it I would work 24 7 because I love doing this so much um which makes it even more amazing so well, they didn't leak it to the press, your family. So that's <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, I didn't see any leaks before it came out. <laughs> well, well, maybe Mike I, told me. After, after the awesome, official though. announcement and everything, I chatted with Peter again quickly. And he was like, yeah, like, who did you tell? And I was like, oh, I, I, like, I did tell my family, but I, I followed what you said. I didn't really tell anyone. It was confidential. He's like, wow, like really well done. Like most people like can't keep a lid on it. And I was like, well, my family's really trustworthy. <laughs> I didn't want to be, uh, I didn't want to be offered this job and then uh, have it taken away from me. So I didn't didn't (laughs) tell anybody. (laughs) So Katie, is your dad going to come back as the unofficial uh, photographer now that you're the head coach? (laughs) Because I remember. He, um, he did retire recently. So (laughs) I could float that by him because my parents are definitely going to keep coming to games. My mom will continue to probably make dirt for tailgates because that was her staple (laughs) dessert dish. And my dad probably will not know what to do with himself, so he'll just end up taking, taking pictures photos. again. Yeah. So it's going to work out great. My, my first <laughs> retirement side gig. My, my first year on the job. Uh, I just remember getting emails from your dad of like all the galleries and stuff, all, all the games like Mike McLaughlin can take care of. So yeah, <laughs> bringing yeah. it all back. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Pete DeSantis on the photo reel. <laughs> I love that. What did what does your mom make for post-game? I was going to ask the same thing. I was like, did she say dirt? Yes. So for those who don't know what dirt is, dirt is an amazing dessert that was became like a Columbia field hockey staple. And it is pretty much just pudding and Cool Whip mixed together and layered with crushed up Oreos. And then you're supposed to put gummy worms in it. So it's dirt. But the gummy okay. worms are disgusting. Like, do not put them in there. They end up ruining the whole thing. So, Don't so tell my six-year-old that, because that, that would be oh. his dream dessert. <laughs> get, like, it's kind of like gummies on ice cream. Disgusting. I'm so sorry, anyone that loves that. But when you put a gummy on ice cream, it just gets hard. And yeah, then you're eating this yeah, hard gummy. Hard, yeah. Yeah. And then it leaks onto the vanilla ice cream. Because if you put gummies in anything but vanilla, I don't know what you're doing. 
but it's, <laughs> it's disgusting. So the same thing happens with dirt. If you put your gummies in the dirt, it's just absolutely foul. The passion for dirt. That was a great rant. I enjoyed yeah. that. You gotta help the people out. Don't do it. Save yourself. <laughs> oh, I was gonna let it go, but then I was like, she said dirt. I need yeah. to know what that. I was is. like, I, I was sitting here. I'm like, maybe I just misheard that. And she said desserts for the tailgate. And it no, was, you heard correctly. No, no dirt. It's dirt. It's dirt. dirt. Yeah. yeah, we're unique over here. <laughs> we eat dirt for dessert. <laughs> <laughs> we're so hard. What to do? We, we just dirt. want. Let's eat some dirt. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what are a few of your favorite playing memories at Columbia? every game to me was just so much fun. Yeah. So the things I remember most are just like yeah. the moments of celebration. So like goals and like my first goal, I remember specifically off of a corner, I was a tipper and I ran in, tipped it, went straight in. I was like, wow, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I remember that specifically. I remember um, like beating Harvard on our senior day. Well, it wasn't our senior day, but it was theirs. So it was kind of like wrecking their senior day, which was, which was fun. But they're just so many memories of, of times with my teammates and that's kind of what I love the most and just the passion I had when I played is kind of the biggest memory because that's one of the things you miss the most when you when you stop playing is being able to compete with your teammates um, so those simple things are the things I hang on to and the fact that I would get so amped all the time every, every game was huge for me and I don't know why I was that way but it, it just was and I always kind of put it on the line every game which was why it made it so fun um so that's those are probably the the biggest memories for me it's almost like a there's a little bit from every game but there's also some good ones and then last thing about your playing career you had the opportunity to play with your twin sister bridget so talk about that experience and how excited she was when you told her you got the job oh my gosh well she was probably the most pumped actually i remember this specific the specifics of what happened so I actually FaceTimed them immediately after so after I kind of finished crying I called them and my sister and my mom were actually together so I was like I have some big news for you and they're like what and I told them and my sister started jumping down and freaking out <laughs> so much that a picture frame fell off the wall and broke and it was like her third grade like starry night portrait so they kind of looked at it and she's like whatever I don't care and just like <laughs> jumping around there's glass everywhere um so so she was probably almost the most excited, I think, even more so than me. She's like, this is just so amazing. I'm so proud of you. Um, to think of where you started and then where you're at now. And she's always been my biggest supporter. I mean, you kind of joke around being a twin is a very unique experience and, and you're quote unquote womb mates. So you're kind of mates from the womb. And we've always just never heard of, that. <laughs> yes. it's a twin thing maybe, no, yeah, maybe non-twins don't understand the, but the the things you learn on this podcast exactly a new phrase but she she's always been there for me and it's been unique playing together ever since forever because we always played the same sports together and it can be really hard sometimes because it is competitive but at the same time it's competitive for the best of reasons because you're really pushing each other to be better be better be better every day and then now that we're kind of done our playing careers she just wants me to kind of be the best that I can be so seeing me achieve one of my biggest goals which was becoming a head coach of a division one program she was just like I can't I can't she's like I can believe you did it but still I can't believe this this is amazing so then kind of taking it back to playing career stuff 
it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's funny because when I think back to the recruiting process, I actually was adamantly against going to school with my sister um, just because I wanted to experience life with, without her in a way, like not being the twins so, or so not you were, being one you, of the two. You were not a package deal. <laughs> no, we weren't. We just, we ended up being one, but it wasn't kind of the end all be all. Like I have to be at school with my sister. It was very much a dramatic, <laughs> dramatic time because I had said I didn't want to go to school with her. And then it was kind of like, well, why? And then would you be okay? Because we both wanted Columbia. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. Just, you want to go here? I want to go here. Let's just go. And now looking back, I'm so glad we did because there were so many moments where I'm like, wow, I'm so glad Bridget was there for me and I was there for her because um, you go through some really tough times being a student athlete and then kind of going through your athletic and academic careers and then getting a chance to play with her. I, I never really realized how much I took it for granted, I guess, because it was just so awesome all the time. You had a built-in person that you could trust 100% no matter what and and kind of or had that connection on the field that people worked so hard to get and it was just natural for us. Um, and just being able to kind of look at someone and be like, yeah, I, I know she's got my back. Um, that was probably the best thing. We used to have this uh, inside joke where I would look at her and it was our pep talk. I would just look at her and go like, let's go. And that was it, nothing else, <laughs> because we knew we were gonna just show up for each other every day. So it was, it was really awesome. And I, I kind of get mad at myself looking at my young high school self being like, why did you make us such a big deal? Like, it's actually amazing playing with her. And you should have seen that, but it's part of the whole growing process, I guess, and maturing. <laughs> Clean Eats Meal Prep are proud sponsors of the Columbia Lions. Clean Eats has a wide variety of meals from the basics, low carb, gluten free, and even kids options. The process is simple. Place your orders for the week and Clean Eats delivers right to your doorstep. Nutrition, convenience, and results equal the Clean Eats experience. Visit www.cleaneatsmealprep.com to try us today. Make a brilliant move to Vanderwater, luxury condominium residences in Morningside Heists. Discover an elevated approach to city living, a modern homage to old world elegance, breathtaking views of the Hudson River, Columbia University, and Riverside Church. Visit thevandawater.com today for more information. That's T-H-E-V-A-N-D-E-W-A-T-E-R.com. JAG-1 Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. Going back to the current team, uh, talk about their reaction, you know, how disappointing it is that you guys aren't going to be able to play this fall. And, you know, especially because like you mentioned, you know, I think everybody, everybody within the department and I think you guys as well, kind of targeted this year as a year you guys could, could potentially do something really special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's tough because I was actually kind of shocked at how well our team meeting went right after the announcement. So the announcement came out obviously through a webinar that, that Peter held with the Columbia community. And then we hopped on 
it was maybe 30 minutes later onto a team call. And we pretty much just kind of shared thoughts, sentiments, whatever. And then I kind of broke things down for them to kind of explain a little bit more of what it means to have fall sports postponed. Um, and at the end, I was like, do you guys have any questions? Like, I'm so sorry, this is terrible. And it really was kind of an amazing thing because our team is has such a great mindset of they try and make the best out of any situation. Um, obviously, they'll, they'll voice their their feelings and opinions, but they really do try and find the best. And it came out in the end of the conversation because I was expecting people to cry and like people to be super mad and stuff like that. And at the end, I had people joking around being like, so does this mean that we still need to run our 3015 fitness test on August 20th? And I was like, no guys, like, <laughs> like we don't have to do that anymore. It's okay. So, so the, the fact that they made a joke out of the situation to me was like, and this is why we have a really special group because yes, they have voiced their frustrations to me and probably to each other. They probably cried behind closed doors to each other's family, to friends, whatever. But when we're all together as a team, they kind of know like, okay, this is our reality. How are we going to win it and make the most of it? So that's kind of where we've been going ever since. And it kind of aligns with the, the mindset I have about a lot of things. And one of my biggest things is I, I always try and take whatever happens as an opportunity and think of creative solutions. And I think that's what they're trying to learn how to do too. So they're trying to figure out the best way for them to progress athletically to then set themselves up for either the spring or next year to kind of pick up where we stop, where we get left off, but be better. Um, so that's really been the only focus for them. No one has really thought about anything else other than what do I need to do to kind of set myself up to be the best for the future. Um, so we're going to continue on with that mindset. And if we hit a bump in the road, that's, that's the bump in the road and we manage it. Um, but it's been really kind of amazing to see. And I give them a lot of credit because it, it is really hard. I, I try and put myself in their shoes and I would be, I would be really struggling and I know they are, but the way they kind of go about it is also inspiring and something that I think is going to benefit them in the long run for sure. Talk about, and you mentioned this before too, uh, when you were speaking, the fact that uh, the field hockey program at Columbia is such a, like a rising program, uh, you, you know, Mike obviously knows way more about this than I do, but I do remember because I sit next to Mike, well, when we were at work every day, um, the, what, was it back-to-back -back wins over top 25 teams last year, right? Yep. Uh, and like the excitement around that and just the growth that you've seen in your three years as an assistant. Can you like elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, it's been really cool because I can even take it back to when I was playing of like what that transition over when I was a player and a student athlete and then when I was a part of the staff, what it's gone through. And I've ch chatted to so many coaches about what it takes to kind of build these powerhouse perennial teams, right? Because coming from Emmaus, Pennsylvania, my high school was one of those traditional greats, right? And I didn't know any better. I just know we won every game and that's how it was. But then when I got to Columbia as a student athlete, like that wasn't how it was. We would win games and we were going to be there at some point. It just wasn't there yet. So that's what got me thinking of kind of like, how do, you, how do you build that? How does that happen? So during my time as a student athlete, I saw what it took and it was a lot of just cultural stuff, right? And this is what a lot of coach conversations come down to. It's, it's not so much the X's or O's because that just really gets you winning games and you just kind of will win the game and it, it doesn't progress past seasons or, or string seasons together. But when you really get to the heart of what it takes to kind of create this culture of winning and creating like a program versus 
the team, that's, that's the difference. So getting that piece built takes time and it's hard and it's dirty and you have to kind of like go in and out of things. And that's where we're finally getting to right now that I've seen is our cultures just come together. We've made a mission for us that extends beyond just like winning Ivy League championships. It's okay, what do we show up every day to do? What is it? And it's win the game in front of us. We have to focus on that process piece. So now that we've had our goal become something that we do every day, the results will take care of themselves. So it's become more of an attitude and kind of a, a way of being versus like a, we need to win this game. That then will take care of itself. So that's where we're at now. And being, bringing that into the everyday has then produced these results of beating top 25 teams and getting to that point where we don't even think about it anymore and we don't think about the opponent we just show up for the game we know we're going to win it we play our game plan and then and then we move on so that's why it's it's a little disappointing that this fall season got postponed fingers crossed on spring because this was the year that we thought it was going to really explode um, we had to go through last season to kind of see that mentality in action and kind of see how we dealt with some losses and how we dealt with some tough times. And then this year was going to be like, okay, we've learned from all those. Now it's everything together. Um, so hopefully maybe this spring, if not, we'll definitely hit it in, in next year. Have you guys been doing team Zooms and like trying to implement this culture throughout this entire summer? Or you're kind of like trying to get them figured out and sorted out with what they think they're going to be doing this upcoming year first and then kind of transitioning back to your culture pieces and stuff like that? It's kind of been a combo pack. And that's why yeah. it's been tough because we, we've been operating, quote, as per, per normal because the right. expectation was we would be back August 19th, you know? Yeah. So until recently, we were kind of operating on the traditional, like, cycle of seasons. So during spring, we're operating according to our spring stuff. So we adapted to the online and virtual learning. So we were doing team meetings. We had them doing kind of remote, field hockey programs, remote strength stuff, um, some, some team building stuff built in there. But then once summer hit, typically in summer, they get their training packet and then, and that's really it. They, right. they get their, um, uh, they have linked lions. So a partner on the team that kind of helps them kind of get accompanied or get accustomed to what the, the team is like. So specifically with upperclassmen and incoming first years. And then mm -hmm. everyone else is in what we call an accountability group. So it's like a small group that you really kind of rely on to, motivate you you know like yeah. you don't really usually want to do your packets sometimes and then they're the ones that are like hey like today was really tough like what do you think so they're kind of like your hype squad in a way so we we let them kind of go about that normal cycle of here's your here's your training program play as much hockey as you can here are your your groups uh and that's how it kind of was until we got this recent news so now it kind of gets to your question of we mainly just ran almost like a triage time period where it was like okay like here's what happened here's hope like make sure you understand what's going on now it's kind of figuring out what they want to do with their semesters and now that it's getting towards august semester may start soon decisions will be made and then it's transitioning into kind of what would be then a new normal right everyone keeps yeah. saying that phrase and i really don't like it but let's just use it <laughs> i guess so we're gonna go to that yeah right? we're gonna go to that new what would be the normal fall so right. it'll be, probably be a lot like our spring season where there's potential in-person trainings, but then how can we utilize the Zoom space um, to do more team building stuff that we've started to do? So it'll, it'll be interesting because we're starting to move into that now that we're getting closer and closer to the beginning of the school year. Is there any way, so I, I think all assistant coaches have like a specific 
organization with like what they learn and how they keep track of things do you have like a google drive or something where you like write things down that you are like oh that's awesome i'm gonna do that when i'm a coach yeah so again nerd status remember Let's so this will kind of give excited. you some insight so not only do i love google forms i'm just like a google nerd so like everything is in yes. google so i have my personal gmail that i have a drive on and then i have like obviously my columbia email where i have a google drive on mm -hmm. so i haven't really solidified the organization method yet because it used to all be on my gmail but now that my columbia email has kind of taken over i have to kind of consolidate everything but I have a bunch of drive folders of like the different topics and things like that, that I have. So one might be like leadership, culture, um, field hockey, which I call a hockey head folder. So anytime mm -hmm. I see a drill, I'll take a screenshot or have a link and I'll throw it in there. Um, things like that. And then I also do bullet journaling. So anything I read pretty much I'll highlight a ton and write notes mm -hmm. in the columns but then the stuff that really sticks I'll write in my journal and kind of write like this is the stuff I got from legacy and it's all the big things that I really want to implement into into our program so it's it's a constant recording method and then kind of throwing all the digital stuff together I haven't really like cho chosen one method which is probably my problem because there's so much of like analog yeah reading and writing because i don't i'm not a um kindle person i cannot read a book on a screen it just oh, doesn't yeah. work for me no <laughs> so not I, I kind of you know not possible at all so i kind of do everything from books in a journal and then anything i get online goes into my google drive folders um, and then probably the last little nerdy thing i do is on gmail you know how you can make labels mm -hmm. yeah. you guys use your labels okay i'm a yeah. label like so fiend. many so, so many labels many. I used to color coordinate right them. Now. Oh, you color I know. Right? Well, I used to until I just started making too many and oh, I ran out of colors and I was yeah, like, no. what? <laughs> I'm going to count them. <laughs> I'm going to count the amount of inbox labels that I have while you count. <laughs> yeah, count and then let me know. I don't even know if I can. Oh, All right, go. <laughs> but, but for example, when um, I'm trying to find new things, I'll have, I have one that's called a knowledge nugget. So again, Ooh, nerd alert, love. but yeah. a knowledge nugget is the label I'll use for something that I really liked or want to come back to. So I can at least kind of read it. So it's not saying unread and killing me the fact that I have an unread right. email, but I'll just mark it for later. And if I want to kind of come back to some hockey stuff, I'll click the hockey head label. If it's just like a leadership one, I'll kind of go into the, to the knowledge nugget of leadership and see mm -hmm. what's in there and be like, oh yeah, this one sounded good. It talks about accountability or, oh yeah, this one talks about pressing. I want to go take a look at that strategy uh, around pressing. So that's probably the last big nerd thing I do for, <laughs> for um, how it. I bring things in. <laughs> Are I you going to do a total number? I yeah, have. What's the total? Can I, I guess? Have. I'm going to guess. Sure, 15. sure, sure. Go ahead. 15? Is that a Thrive. lot? I don't know. Bro, I have Under? 95 labels in my inbox for what? messages. Kyle, Kyle you need to that. Yeah, that's no, not no. helpful. That is so organized. You have no idea. So I'm at 16. That's my... 31, 32, 33. <laughs> why, why Katie counts, 20 of my 95 are like subfolders. So like women's basketball. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like 20. All right. So like all right. That's fair. 20, um, like under like women's basketball, I have like Cancun Challenge, Ivy League Tournament. But like you can get rid of <laughs> Cancun Challenge. Like I know, but it's like, I don't know. I, I just see that. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't why, why delete it? It's not taking up any room anywhere on my computer. 
I got to 56 and then stopped counting. Okay. But I have got to 56 like, at wow. It is not it's cluttered. No, it's not cluttered. I, I promise having, you, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't affect anything. I hate having too many emails. Like I, I, my no, goal it's, is, but it's not, it's not, no, I know, it doesn't I know. show up in my inbox. But like on my but inbox, it says woohoo, love. <laughs> it's gotta be like, <laughs> inbox has to be under a hundred at all yeah, times. Yeah, my inbox like, is at, <laughs> if it goes above like 50, I have heart palpitations. Yeah. That's what happens to I like no. to like keep it on because it, 50 is one screen right yes. one page so yes. i like to have it and then sometimes whenever i uh organize i know this has turned into a completely different conversation but whenever <laughs> i organize my inbox or like go and like organize messages into my 95 folders or decide which ones need to get deleted i'll like get it down to like 15 or 20 and i'm like oh my god this feels amazing right now <laughs> and well, then bro, I, well bro i'm gonna jump your segment a little bit so if okay. i know you have to hop off and get ready for virtual camp here so I did, do. You, did you think of anything <laughs> I it's like called I just thought of something because generally I have questions and then I forget them and then I remember them. It's um, always when we try to standard. wrap up the interview. She's it's always like, when we try. Oh, I just, yeah. I just of something. Actually, Actually, it's not it. normally yeah. it's not prompted like right. like it was today, but, but we're on we'll a time crunch. So we're on a time crunch. Exactly. Um, okay. My question is: Do you have any? Are you a newsletter person? And if uh, so, yeah, yes. what is your favorite newsletter that you receive? Oof. So I'm a huge newsletter person. Um, I used to be a huge skim person, but I've kind okay. of switched ships to the morning brew. So that's okay. my favorite newsletter one that I get for like, you know, news. Right. But then I just started getting one that's new. It's called The Gist. And it's mm. a women's written sport pod, uh, newsletter. So it's, it's really new. I think it just started this past month and I, I just read it this morning before I hopped on this call, which is, which Love is it. ironic. So, um, it, it's kind of like you're, it's kind of like the skim in a way where they quick update you on different things written kind of in a witty way, but all the writers are women and it talks about sports specifically. So, like I said, I've only kind of read it a few times cause it's new, but I, I'm liking that one so far because anything that's like women's based and then sports, right. let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I don't subscribe to that, but I'm going to check it out. All right. Well, Katie, I think that's all the time that we have. Uh, really appreciate you uh, having this conversation with us. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you guys so much. This was awesome. Um, feel free to have me back whenever. I would love to join uh, you guys again because I love chatting and would, would love to be back. Whenever Field Hockey starts back up, we'll be sure to, to have you back on. Um, so, yeah. Once again, that was Katie DeSantis, head coach of the field hockey program. Uh, you can catch previous episodes of the Roarcast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. And again, we will be on uh, WKCR on, we don't have a set schedule yet, but uh, stay tuned on social media. Follow Go Columbia Lions on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and we'll let you know when you can share those episodes on WKCR. So for Megan Rojas and Kyle Matrician, I'm Mike Kowalski, and we'll talk to you next week.